and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is Ellen Foley. Now Ellen is out with her latest album called Fighting Words, her first since 2013. It's fantastic, probably one of my favorite albums this year. Nice hard rock album, great album from beginning to end. We talk about making the album, her time during the pandemic, and of course working with Meatloaf because she's probably best known for the female part of Meatloaf's legendary song, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. We talk about why wasn't she in the video. We also talk about her time acting because probably her best known acting role was portraying Billy Young on Night Court. We talk about that experience and why it wasn't the best for her. I mean, she was on stage, movies. I mean, she's done it all. It's probably why she wasn't as big as she really should have been because she is damn talented. I love my time talking with Ellen and I hope you do as well. So, Ellen, thank you uh, so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. My uh, pleasure, no. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's been in the same boat pretty much for the last 18 months. So how how is your uh, quarantine and pandemic going? It's It was in so many steps. You know, the beginning, you're going to be here for a little while. Then it was like, oh, all of a sudden yeah, I'm out of the city. I don't mind being out of the city and I'm going to bake some banana bread and <laughs> gain a little weight. And uh, it was, it was pretty okay to tell you the truth, but, and then um, thought we were going to go back last fall, but uh, couldn't do that because, you know, there was another spike. So I remember spending Thanksgiving without my kids and it was weird and um, yeah, but just when the spring comes, it, it, it opened up and it was better. And now I'm going to be uh, doing a show October 22nd at the Electric Ballroom. So we've started, um, no, not elected. Ed, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm drinking coffee. No, it's a little early. I have to uh, gather that, my thoughts. The Electric Ballroom, that was probably from the 70s. Right. Uh, at, at Bowery Electric, excuse okay. me, Bowery Electric, October 20 seconds so i'm going down to the city and and getting that together starting rehearsals oh that's awesome when was the last time you performed like live you know i i uh was doing a lot of shows about once a year and i am going to go back again finally over in belgium and some in holland and that was probably uh spring of 2019 right and you know and then i was supposed to go back the spring of 2020 and that was canceled. Then I was supposed to go back uh, this previous spring and that was canceled. And so we have January on the books and we'll see where it's at, you know? Right. You were always like really successful, like in Europe. Why do you think that was the case? Um, Well, you know, so much of the success sprung off of meatloaf and and my record came out not not too long after the meatloaf and he was having you know big moments in uh in europe and maybe it had to do with promotion too over here at that time it was very hard to get your um to get your to get your uh it's all right you can take it okay (laughs) i'm not going to take it i just wanted to stuff to get your record promoted with out the, the record company being willing to invest a lot of money. It was 
you know, I'm not saying I was in the middle of uh, any kind of payola scandal, but that's what they called it right. when the re- when the record companies had to grease the palms of sometimes just the individual DJs to get records played. So, but then, you know, through the years, you know, I think I, I call myself an elder states person, you mm-hmm. know, people know and sort of respect. And I think people, you know, I'm put, I put this record obviously out without uh, a record company, but, right. you know, I have a great PR guy and I'm probably getting more exposure than, than I did, let's say, on my third album for uh, Epic Records. Right. And I was like really, you know, pleasantly surprised when I heard that you, you were coming out with a new album. It's called Fighting Words. Came out in August. It's fantastic. Everyone who hasn't heard it, listen to it. It's streaming everywhere. It's, it's really good. And you Thank sound fantastic. You. It sounds you sound like you sounded 40 years ago. And it's amazing because what you're only 39 years old. So it's it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 So I was uh, in the womb. Yeah. The last right. Time I recorded. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I imagine. Um, somehow I've, I've uh, kept my voice together, uh, you know, because, you know, you have to work at it. Right. But, you know, strangely enough, you know, the, those 18 months that I was sitting here, I really didn't sing at all. I had some sort of resistance to it. You know, like, oh, I'm going to sing. Then like, why are you going to sing? What for? Right. But now that I'm going to record, I'm going to re- uh, perform, I sing every day and I sing the whole album and I sing my last album. So it's in training. Right. So was this album as a result of the pandemic or were you planning it pr- you know, pr- prior to it? No, it was recorded prior. Oh, OK. Yeah, it was recorded. It took it took uh, several years, I think, to get it out there. Right. Um uh, my my writing my not my writing partner but my partner who writes the songs Paul Faglino uh, was bringing me songs for a few years and we would just you know leisurely uh, uh, work on them and do demos and you know but he's very resourceful so without me sort of even paying that much attention he was sending. Uh, he made, you know, rhythm tracks and started sending them out and building the tracks. Even before the pandemic, everybody was doing it in their own studios. Then he came to my apartment in New York and with uh, with his Pro Tools and a, a great mic. Right. So all you need is a great microphone. I know. Right. And uh, and made it. And once again, you know, I was I, you know, I wasn't that enthusiastic until I really started listening and it sounds like, you know, I'm kind of a traitor, but it took me until <laughs> other people started going, wow, this is great to really listen right. to it and say, yeah, this is great. So that's the story. Right. Well, you should be proud of the finished pro- project. Thank like you. It, Thank you. Great. I am. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like you look back when you had, you know, your first three albums where you're on like, you know, big labels and they pressure you to release an album probably like every year, every 18 months where now no record deal, but you can kind of go at your own pace and just, you know, perfect it. And, and then whenever you want to release it, you release it. There's no pressure on it. Exactly. And, um, but I'm glad we have this uh, PR guy's name is Randy Haker because he's, he, he worked in the record business for okay. a long time, you know, in different uh, capacities. And now he's, he's on his own. And Paul, who is sort of, you know, self-deprecating. He's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, we'll put it on iTunes and maybe we'll sell 50 records. And, uh, but Randy, you know, 
you know, put it, you know, put a single out, really, right. really promote it and this and that. But still, with all that, with all the incredible press, you know, actually selling records is kind of ridiculous because everybody, uh, you know, I have 40,000 listeners on Spotify, but, you know, bupkis in terms yeah. of trying to make any money off this, but that's okay. The listeners right. is what I'm looking for. You right, know? right. And of course, <laughs> like 40,000 listeners probably get you, what, $4 on Spotify? You're right. If you're you lucky, know, you know. know. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But the, the single, right, is Are You Good Enough? song uh one of them is really interesting uh i'm just happy to be here which is kind of a duet with uh someone you know people might know uh carlo devito who i guess we can talk about it now uh replaced you in the video for paradise by the dashboard lights right. and also tort so mm -hmm. did you know her prior to that and like how did this collaboration like come about well i met her uh, a little bit before the meatloaf thing because i had done this show of Jim Steinman's in at the Kennedy Center in DC right. called uh, Neverland, and she she had a band at the time um, whose name I can't remember. I don't know if you know. Crap, what was it? 
I told you I haven't oh. I haven't drunk enough coffee yet. Right. But they they were the they were the band uh, playing, and she you know was doing vocals. So we kind of met, and then yeah, I decided not to go on tour. And obviously, we already made the record. And uh, you know when I don't know if everybody knows this, maybe they do that when you make a video, you don't sing live. Right. You uh, play and lip sync to the records so they decided since she was the one everybody was going to see they put her on the video which you know what i'm like whatever at this point but then you know maybe five years ago or so i keep losing track of time i'm sorry it could have been four we did a, a jim steinman tribute in the city a place called uh, below 54 and we just really got talking and really dug each other and then we both sang on this braver then we are track uh, with Meatloaf and really formed a friendship. And I just said to Paul, I had a, I had a light bulb moment saying, why don't, why don't you write a song for me and Carla to sing? So, you know, I, I, it was my thought that it would be maybe sort of autobiographical. You know, she and I were kind of like, you know, sorting it out on the records and blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, you know, but so it became really a positive, super positive song about friendship about survival really about everything you've gone through and where you are now so
There was no animosity between you guys because it wasn't like she like forced you out during that time. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. She just, you know, she was hired. Yeah. You know? exactly. And for her, it was a great gig. Right. So I'm sure you get it a ton that people are like absolutely shocked that you actually sang on that song, right? And then realize that that's, that's not you in the video. So ha- that must happen happen to you like so many times throughout your career. Um, yeah, you know, it's more like they're shocked because they're like, is this the same person who was on night court? Right. You know, this <laughs> this buttoned up, uh, you know, public def- righteous public defender. Yeah. I get that. But um, I, I like I would say anybody who knows me or the, they know it's not me in the video that yeah. knows the deal. So there's no big shock in awe these days about that. <clears throat> right. So kind of like going going back, you know, a couple of years, uh, what was like the one moment that like got you involved in music? Because I, I interviewed like Dennis DeYoung from Sticks uh, a couple months ago, and he said that it was basically the Beatles gave everyone in the record industry two million jobs because that's that's the moment that everyone says, I want to be a musician. So the, the Beatles were the greatest like job creators. So like, what was like the one moment that like basically you, be, yeah. you realize you want to become, you know, entertainer. I think early on, you know, right. I was a kid and I did, I did plays and I sang, did musicals. Then in high school, I did all the musicals. But in, then in college, I put together, my boyfriend at the time put together a band called Big Jive. <laughs> and, uh, and we put, you know, and I was the singer and then we, he was a New Yorker. We came to New York. We did some stuff. And, you know, I, I I was the front person and I that felt right. That felt really good. Even though I went to go, I went on to do some other things. I, you know, with not until the meatloaf thing did I circle back and uh, really, you know, dedicate my soul to mm-hmm. rock and roll, as right. they <clears throat> might say. Yeah. So how did. I heard like Barry Manilow kind of had like an influence on your career. Well, not really. I guess you could say that. That's funny. Yeah. Well, well, maybe, you know, it's back when I was auditioning for things and he was auditioning for backup singers. And I went in, I sang, he says, honey, you're not a backup singer. You're a lead singer. I said, okay, Barry Manilow. I will go off and pursue that goal. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you achieved it a couple of years later. So I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah, I did. You, you, right. So what was like when, when you got, the, you know, the job to work, you know, Meatloaf's album, you know, with 
Jim, Jim Simon and like this Todd Rundgren produced it. So I mean, you have powerful people behind this album and obviously Milo is a pre- presence. So what was that experience like just recording that album? Well, you know, I had known them. I right. had, you know, worked with them for the last, you know, year at least and, and, and helped them develop the record. So it was kind of like I walked in there with them. And at the, at the time, you know, Meatloaf and Simon weren't powerhouses, you know, right. they were, they were just, they were just scrabbling to get their, their record made. Yeah. And it took a long time. Nobody wanted it. Right. And then, but then the Todd thing was, was kind of mind blowing because I had always been such a fan of his, yeah. um, you know, hello, it's me is still one of my all time favorite songs. And right. And and ending up in this this gorgeous you know studio that he owned and and having this whole sort of band communal experience with them and then you know culminating with me going in and just doing this song performing it and doing it once and that's what you hear on the record. Will you love me forever? Will you let me sleep on? 
Jim is like known for writing like these, you know, very theatrical songs. He has that one, you know, like Air Supplies, like Making Love and Nothing at All, and like uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. So he has like these really powerful songs in that one. It shouldn't have been a single. I mean, you figure like in the record company, you want like a three minute to four minute song. And that song is what, like eight minutes? Yeah. And, you know, I think they cut it down maybe to five. But yeah, you know, I think it's, isn't it even more than that? It might be. Yeah. Which, I mean, you can't tell a story and, you know, it's the whole thing that needs to be told. Right. But it got a lot of airplay, obviously, on FM radio, not not, uh, top 40 stuff. So everybody knew that song. Right. And then they were playing it at all the like bar mitzvahs and sweet sixteens I went to when I was younger, where you know the girls are going one side, do your part, and then the boys yeah, are yes. low. So it, you that's know, it's, right. It, it you know just was basically a, a monster that couldn't be stopped. You know, you that's heard it right. everywhere. That's right. I always say yeah. I, I, it'll keep me as a horny teen forever. Right. The thing that will never die. Exactly. And then you know, obviously me being a Yankee fan, you know, the Thought Rizzuto play by play is a nice touch. You know, yes. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's a, fan, it's a fantastic song that, you know, will live on forever. But uh, yeah, but your debut album, I, I, which I love, you know, Night Out, uh, so many fantastic songs. And also you had like, you've always seemed to work with great producers, you know, like, you know, yeah. names, so that one, you know, Ian Hunter, you know, and Mick Robinson. You, I saw a video, We Belong Tonight, you mentioned like lip syncing, you know, in videos. So I think it was Top of the Pops you performed that. <laughs>
I mean, I, I mean, no, Top Pops, everyone basically um, lip syncs. So like, that's got to be awkward just being on the stage by yourself, just lip syncing. No, because uh, did I lip sync on, on Top of the Pops? I mean, did I I, I'm going to assume because it seems like everyone does on that show. So, I mean, I could be wrong. Why you you'd probably right because I okay. don't you probably remember a lot more than I do. Right. No, you know, lip syncing because you know you you gotta get in like you're enveloped by the song. I mean, it's okay. they're playing it really loud, and you know you just it's it's like you're singing. It's mm-hmm. not like uh, yeah, it's a solo voice or anything like that. The the big thing about lip syncing is is to properly lip sync. You know, you right. if you're off, you know, it's yeah. terrible. Right. But uh, if you're into into it and you got the track all around you, yeah, it's not a hard thing to do. I all like right. doing it. Okay. Did you have to practice a long time to kind of perfect it, or you kind of just came? I don't think it? so. No? You know, I was young. You're like, right. yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they probably, you know, I probably didn't do it till I had. Well, I did when I made my own videos. Right. I made right. my own videos. Yeah. You know, to to support the record. So I had probably learned to do it doing that yeah. yeah did you enjoy making videos yes okay. i remember it was fun we were in somebody's loft down downtown and it was the whole band and it was uh you know bringing in this this guy i don't know if you remember the what's a Ma- what's a matter baby video you right. know but he was this this cute french guy i think he was mm-hmm. a dancer I, right. he was not exactly an actor i mean i can say <laughs> that now i don't know right. where he is <laughs> yes, but uh and so that was a blast of a day, you know, yeah. whenever you're on like a film set or anything, it's super energizing at the end of the day. You're like, oh, that felt good, you know, and that was one of those days. That was cool. Right. And then you have a cover of uh, Graham Parker's Thunder and Rain on that album. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I performed that after the after the first record. There's right. so many there's so many songs that as you go along, I mean, yeah. you know. Not the Rolling Stones. People like that play their same songs forever because they yeah. they Can. have to, you know. Right. But but not being, you know, a a uh, a road warrior, you know, you mm-hmm. you kind of pick and choose the songs you really want, and some of these songs you completely forget about right. and get left. But but Thunder and Rain is good, you know. Putting this set together now, you know, I'm definitely going to sing probably the whole album, this new one. Because right. I don't think there's a turkey in the bunch. I think they're good. No, I agree. Songs. Yeah, right. But then, you know, I get, you know, I do good covers of stuff and uh, like um, Boys of Summer. I do okay. Don, the Don Henley song, right. which I'm never going to let go of because it's amazing. Oh, I mean, you know, song. you talk you talk about being a Yankee fan. Some, you know, my my older son was a big Yankee fan and he was okay. when he was younger, he was so emotionally uh attached you know he would cry when they lost you know that you yeah. probably did it your kids might do it yeah so I've boys it, of yeah. summer you know it makes you think of that that's not right. what the song is about but it's got that whole yeah i don't know sad so, so anyway you know off off subject but yeah to go to go further back into the sort of catalog is a good yeah. idea right you know? yeah and i'll make a request because i'm going to try to get down to the show uh beautiful waste of time from off your second album no 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 oh okay 
All right. You know, I, I, I wouldn't do anything off their record, I don't think. Okay. Except, you know, what song I do like is Torchlight, maybe Torchlight, but right, I don't have anybody to, to play the marimba, I don't think. Right. A song, you know, I might want to sing that we've actually tried before is um, It's Phil UK. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, I sang that. Right. And I think we tried it a few years back and couldn't get couldn't get an arrangement. But maybe we'll try that again. Right. Was making that I mean that second album? Was that a, like a good experience? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was it was pretty exciting. You know, it was I was I was definitely out of out of my uh safety zone. Right. You know, I had only made one record and here I, you know, and that was that was comfortable. That was in New York and uh and then you're thrown into this whole different culture with this, this these people with an incredibly strong right. um, attitude, let's say. And and so I, I had to to immerse myself in all of that, you know. So. Yeah, right. And it was produced obviously by Mick Jones, or I should say, produced by your boyfriend, which was like it's on the uh, the label from the. the yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. And I'm gonna ask because I know everyone asks. But I, I kind of have to. Should I stay or should I go? No. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> that right. song definitely does not apply to what that relationship was. Not at right. all. Okay. <laughs> all right. So then the third album, which had a nice, uh, like people, you know, like people who are powerful now working on it, you know, getting Steve Wet and Biz Glenn Ballard, uh, Desmond Child wrote some song. I mean, so that, and yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that album as well. I know it really didn't do as well as the other two, but um, you have fond memories of that album. Yeah, I mean that that was fun, Vinnie Poncia, you know, after the yeah. the whole London thing to be in New York with the New right. York guy and and the and I'd say the, the the outstanding memory is you know spending a bunch of time with Ellie Greenwich. Um cuz she wrote uh, with I I was a part of the writing yeah. uh the song Boys in the Attic and Keep It Confidential. Um so that that was pretty great. And and once again those songs, I went back and I watched the video we did for Boys in the Attic. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it no. is friggin' adorable. <laughs> and I'm, I actually put it on um, on Instagram, I okay. think. I'm like, this is so, because it, 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 it had, you know, different time periods and choreography right. and a giant rocking chair. It was yeah. really cool. And then Johnny and Mary, the Graham Parker song, I think is really good too. Yeah. And then I don't think these were on the original, but they added them like um, Nightline, which I love. It's, yeah. And then yeah. A Beat of a Broken Heart, which I think you like co-wrote that one. Yes. Yeah. But I which, guess with uh, with Fred Goodman, the guy who right. wrote We Belong to the Night with me, who yeah. passed away this past summer, which is a sad thing. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. We lost so many people this over the past year. It's yeah yeah but um yeah it's like I, those those trailers were fantastic and like so you know fighting words is out now but um acting wise i never heard of the show because it was kind of you know before i before my time before i remember i was probably watching sesame street uh three girl three which yes. I, I kind of discovered it uh it's you mimi kennedy and debbie allen which all three of you went off to like fantastic work after that show uh how did that show come about and like the 70s were always like these variety shows now i, I guess you can say now it's these like the re, um, reality shows or competition yeah. shows. but right. like those shows were like fantastic you can kind of you know go back and watch them on youtube and whatever but 
the, the opening show when you're auditioning, the fact that you can get Carol Burnett, Jaja Gabor, and um, Carol Hen- Florence Henderson. Yes. Kind of, you're auditioning against the three of you. It's, it's fantastic. Right. Yeah, well, it's a great concept. Well, Gail Parent and Kenny Solms, who produced it, were uh, uh, producers on the Carol Burnett show. They were producers on the Smothers Brothers. I mean, they had a lot of qualities with their friends. Right. And, and then you watch... You know, I just watched the uh, first one recently. Okay. And uh, Bob Hope was on That's it. That's right, yeah. You know, and all through it, we had Flip Wilson, Steve Martin, yeah. uh, Carl Reiner. I mean, it was it was pretty amazing. And, uh, well, how did it come about? I mean, it was a big um, casting coup. You know, they, they cast lots and lots of people. They auditioned. <clears throat> and it came down to the three of us. So I was, my, you know, everybody had their main thing. I, I sang, Mimi had the weight of the comedy stuff. Debbie obviously did choreography, but you know, we all had to have comedy to do, you know, the sketches. I just watched the first one recently. And cause I think Mimi has, um, has put them all up. I think I'll go back and, yeah. and, and keep watching on the first one. I sang since I fell for you. And I was like, Holy crap, girl, that was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, you still yeah. are. So, <laughs> Thank but you. yeah, but like you also, you know, you're on Broadway and stuff like that. I know Broadway is finally reopening. Do you think it can fully recover? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Because it's too much of a, of a, an important part of New York and a part, an important part of people's lives. And these are the kind of people who would be conscientious and not do stupid things. I mean, already, I mean, Bruce open because, right. you know, it's a one man show. Yeah. And obviously backstage, it can be and front of house. Anybody who's working in the theater, it could be controlled. And I guess the way they're, mm. they're uh, separating the audience. So stuff like that. But, you know, things with big casts, I think, are starting to come back. But then you get the, you know, other stuff popping up, these, these variants. And, yeah. But I think, I do think at one point, it'll be right. back in full force. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the city lost so much revenue over the last oh my God. months because of it, you know. I mean, I, had... I, I live on the Upper West Side, and when I go mm. back, there's so many places closed. So right. many places that are weird. Yeah, because, you know, obviously for the last year, you know, sports can play in an empty arena and you can just televise it on TV. But I can imagine you're not going to perform to an empty theater and just record it because then, it's just you know, that, a movie. yeah, that you doesn't know, make sense, does it? Right. No, because no. that wouldn't that wouldn't pay the salaries in sports. No. It doesn't matter because right. it's all a TV they, stuff. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to get to Night Court now because growing up, that was one of my favorite shows, uh, underrated show and still still funny now as it ever was. Um, you know, you're on the second season. What happened? I know because they did a little casting, you know, change after the first season. What, you know why Paula left? I don't. Okay. Oh, Paula. Oh, who, who you, you replaced know, I, now? Yeah. You know, that show was it until they got Marky Post. It was sort of a, a revolving door. Yeah. Because I guess. Was it Paula, then me, or was it, yeah. it seemed like there was somebody, somebody told me recently, there was somebody before her, maybe somebody who did the pilot. But okay. my situation was, and I didn't know, right. nobody ever told me that they had wanted Marky Post all along, but she was on another show called yeah, the, the Fall, Fall Guy. Guy. Yeah. 
which I know nothing about. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I was on one season and once again, you know, it was like fish out of water. And then I, I needed to be back in New York. And that's when I yeah. uh, got, but, you know, made, made that, did I, I made the third record or what did I do? Oh no, that was after, yeah. I guess okay. I'm confused now, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I went back. I'm sorry. I went back and, and did a lot. I did film and I did TV and two right. Broadway shows and yeah. really, you know, did uh, did me, you know, and then, right. yeah. yeah, then yeah. I got married and had kids. Right. The <laughs> end. Most important the thing. End. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, looking back at that show, was it a good experience for you? Or that's no? okay. You know, yeah. it was, I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite things. Okay. I felt it felt weird to be in LA, to, right. you know, in, you know, I wasn't living there and yeah. I, maybe other actors have experienced this, but just to be instantly, uh, uprooted, right? Huh. Uprooted and yeah. from New York to LA and living in weird, you know, they have these apartments that almost feel like, you right. know, they, they, they're not real yeah. in a way. And everybody, right. everybody on the show obviously had their, own uh, own lives and family so yeah. i was a little uh, uh it was a felt like a kind of a lonely experience but during the show itself mm. obviously was a real education for me right i know like you know obviously like big names now kind of pass through there i think it was an episode where you defended michael richards who played kramer he oh he, he was, was like, so he was invisible yeah. he claimed to be invisible or something he claimed to be invisible <laughs> yeah. and he did this amazing physical comedy Right. And it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then a few years later, there he was. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're making uh, like a remake, I guess, or actually, uh, you know, with John Larroquette supposed to star in it. Um, I guess. They, yeah. yeah. If they ever came to you, would you guess star in it? Yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah. I don't think they will. But right. <laughs> yeah, they should. Right. They should like get back. Hey, remember me? You know, yeah. stuff like that. Who knows? Yeah, stranger, stranger things have happened. Right, <laughs> exactly. What was the favorite movie that you were in that you like enjoyed the most? Um, well, I had I have to say hair because yeah. you know I mean that that was really in that little thing I did. I was a starring role, but it was also right. creatively just like such a thrilling thing. Yeah. You know the the the. Being uh, directed and choreographed by Twyla Tharp and Milos Forman. And then on the set was just so exciting and yeah. dancing. We were in Central Park. That was like, I was like being mm. higher than high. It was so <laughs> freaking fun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, because you've worked with, like you mentioned those two, but what's amazing directors throughout your career. Yeah. You know, I would say the, yeah. the one, the greatest fun and wonderful director yeah. was Jonathan Demi. Demi. I mean, yeah. God, that's somebody you don't want to lose because he, he had so many great movies in him. Right. I mean, to go from Silence of the Lambs to making um, to Talking Heads movie to doing a comedy yeah. like uh, Married to the Mob. Right. He was so kind and so generous. Right. That was a fan. You know, the, the sets are 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 defined by obviously the, the director. director right and that was just that was a blast yeah that was a, yeah yeah that, that movie was that, that movie was entertaining you were really good in that um obviously you and um michelle Pfeiffer Joan Cusack. And Cusack, well, yeah. Ma, yeah 
Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer was was so great. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was good to see her. She popped up it was a couple of years ago in a couple of Marvel movies. So it's good to see her. Oh, she again. did. Yeah. Because I know she's doing. You know, she was doing some other straighter stuff. I didn't know. Was she a? Yeah. What was she in Marvel movies? Oh, she she actually played um, Michael Douglas's wife. So it was, she. A small part, uh, you know, uh-huh. a small part, I think, in the Ant-Man movies. So, yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I actually interviewed one of your husbands uh, not too long ago, Stuart Pankin. From, Stuart uh, Pankin. Yeah. Fatal Attraction. He's funny. What's what's he up to? Uh, not too much right now. Just, you know, just just hanging out pretty much steamboat as everyone, with, with, you know, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but no, he's he's a great guy. He's a really funny yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, he went on to do a bunch of you know yeah. TV and movies. You'd right. see him pop yeah. up in things. Exactly. I mean, not too funny in your movie with the fatal attraction, but not exactly right. comedy. Well, but, but you know, our, yeah, but we had that one scene at yeah, the, the table. Yeah, the table yeah. We were goofing around and imp- right. it was really improvised. So yeah, you his his comedy definitely came out right in that yeah. scene. Yeah, absolutely. And cocktail, you know, he played the bitch uh waitress. That's right. Yeah. Looked like you were working at a Friday's with that outfit. It, it was a Friday's. Yeah. It was a Friday's that was in Toronto. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that was cool. I got yeah. to I got to say to Tom Cruise, yeah, he said, You're a bitch. I said, I what was it? I know I'm a bitch or something That's, like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, I'm a bitch. And uh, yeah. and had that moment with Tom Cruise it was pretty groovy. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Now, like, since you, like, you've done so much, you know, the, the acting and theater and the, the singing, do you think that kind of like prevented you from being a bigger star in like one of those like areas? Yeah, maybe. I thought yeah. about that. You know, that, yeah. that, you know, that, you know, skipping from one to the other, there wasn't right. a concentration. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it shows you know, that you're extremely talented that you can do all of those, right? You know, yeah. All of the things. Yeah. You but know, it, I, I have I have no regrets about it. Well, I'm sure you don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like I said, this new album is fantastic, and it's great that you know people are uh, going to hear it again, uh, or hear you again, I should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a couple of things, like my uh, sister-in-law, she wasn't my sister-in-law back then. Used to watch a show called Ghost Rider. Oh and, my God! Yes. Yeah. Right, and you played the principal on it for a couple of episodes. I was Mrs. Kelly. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. Um, all of a sudden, in an assembly, Mrs. Kelly starts to sing. Right. right? And and they they went, they shot to the kids, and some of them were like, oh, but this one kid was yeah. like, huh? what yeah. is happening? Right. You know, which I thought was funny. Yeah. It was just, it was happening. She was, I was there visiting my girlfriend, my, my, now my wife, and she was just sitting there watching it, and I hear you sing and then I look and I'm like oh that's own Foley that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it was just kind of funny so yeah. I think Samuel L. Jackson was on yeah he, it too. he was on it too yeah yeah he, you know yeah. he was that's when he had just done this the jungle fever I think the Spike Lee movie so he was really right. yeah becoming Samuel L. Jackson yeah exactly yeah but he, he didn't curse in that show which is a shame because <laughs> yeah no, no it's not like a him. shame I know I know I know it was for children of course of course yes <laughs> yeah but uh a couple you did some background music for joe jackson who i absolutely love and that guy seems to be like a little bit of an enigma but did you uh-huh. like, meet him like when you recorded it was just strictly like, yeah background. yeah he was there and he was an enigma i don't remember yeah. us you know right. joking around or anything it was yeah. a pretty fast in and out right. kind of situation yeah yeah 
Right. And there, then there oyster, are just yeah. things you'll ask me in blue oyster cults. Same thing. You'll right. ask me about, and I'm like, I don't remember because it was so quick. But then yeah. um, years and years later, uh, when my kids were in God, middle school or something, one of them, we they, they went to Fieldston, which is up in the Bronx, and we did a... Uh, a you know a, a parent uh, like talent show thing or where there was a thing yeah and you know I got I there was Albert because his kid was okay. there and we right. did something yeah and he is so sweet he's so great right. so yeah I kind of got to know him okay uh, all those years later right yeah I actually interviewed his brother Joe he, uh-huh. uh, yeah he was in the band he came to my house and that was like really cool I actually had a member of the band come to my house for the interview so wow. I, that was like that kind of blew my mind because he's from Connecticut are they well. still are they still performing. Uh, I, they are together, the, the you know Albert and Joe, but not in part of the you know, Blue Oyster Cult. But, but yeah, but it's not called Blue Oyster Cult. You know, the, the, there's the span's still around, but those two are, they do their own own thing. Uh huh. I see. Yeah, which is which is cool because they're they're really talented. So, yeah. Do you remember where you were where you heard like one of your songs on the radio for the first time? I imagine it was yes. Meatloaf, right? Yeah, I I had been touring in uh in europe you know after my first record it was fun because i toured you know i did europe i did japan i did australia it was amazing Mm -hmm. so i had just been somewhere i think europe and got home you know in the uh late at night and i was in in a cab you know i remember we were close to my house on the upper west side i i lived back there even Mm -hmm. then i've been in Mm -hmm. that apartment uh and it came on Right. And I said to the guy, that's me singing. That's me singing. And of course, he was like, sure, lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I don't think I don't think he spoke English. So I don't think he understood the record or this 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 crazy girl in the backseat right. telling him. But I mean, I've had other experience like there was a not, you know, in the last 20 years, there was a uh, street fair. Okay. You know, we have street fairs out yeah. on Broadway on the upper side. And some guy had a booth. And they started playing Paradise. And once again, I'm yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me, me singing, that's me singing yeah. again, sure lady. Right. So <laughs> yeah. that hasn't always worked out to my advantage. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But <laughs> yeah, Fighting Words is out now. Check it out. And if anyone who's in the area, New York, go see Ellen. Uh, won't you for me again? At uh, Bowery Electric, right. which is on the Bowery on the Lower East Side. I'm going to be very groovy, like one mm-hmm. of the kids. Um, and it's October 22nd. And uh, it's very important because they're observing all the, the COVID restrictions. So I think, you know, it's going to be a safe situation. Everybody should feel good about going. Absolutely. And, uh, people get, get get the jab if you haven't gotten it yet, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. have that many. You know, if I was playing in other parts of the country, I would yeah. not be playing in other parts of the parts country. Of the- but. Yeah, I think in New York, we're pretty smart about it. Yeah, absolutely. But Ellen, I really appreciate your time today. Oh, my pleasure. No, this has been fun. And a special thanks to Ellen for joining me today. Go check out Fighting Words. It's on all the streaming sites. And if you're in New York City on October 22nd, it's a Friday night. Go check out Ellen at the Bowery Electric performing. You don't want to miss it. You can follow her on Twitter at Ellen Foley NYC. Her website is ellenfoley.com. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the personal 19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. 
You can go to iTunes to check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you can find a podcast. A new episode comes out every week. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then.